What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 161, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and of course, Keris Marsden. Here we are. All right. Once again. Back once again I for another episode. That. I've been with you far too long. It's going to sing that blinking song. So, so predictable. And that's going to now go around my head for the rest of the morning. Before them to power to no, the people. No, 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 no one knows those words, though, do they? Just back once again from the renegade master. No, 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 no. Power to the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Um, so guys, this is episode 161. Uh, I suppose it's a bit of a, it's a part two really to the last podcast because we never quite got to the point, did we? No. <laughs> we, we spoke about a lot of other stuff, but we thought, you know, there's called, some value in here. We've called it what I learned. Yeah, what I learned did. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we'd do a part two and we will actually kind of discuss what we intended to discuss on the first one, which is a bit of a look back at the different courses we've done, the people that we've worked with and, uh, you know, the different bits and bobs that we've taken on along the way. Because I think the biggest thing for us over the years, and I'm sure many of you are the same, regardless of what field that you're in, is that you don't necessarily just find one person that you like and you follow and you you, you hang on every single word they say. Word they say. Except like, those. Yeah, except us, obviously. <laughs> um, no, but I think, you know, like... We're, it's, we're quite a mishmash of a lot of other approaches and schools of thought. No, but that's what so I mean. Like, you know, we, we've gone through phases, haven't we, where we've kind of like been very big fans of particular people yeah, or yeah. their approaches. But I think over the years, you know, if we've as we've got a little bit more experience, you know, we've been in the game a lot longer... We, we start to, we, we've evolved and we're like, actually, you know, I, I really like this and I really like that. And, you know, kind of like created our own approach in a way yeah, based based on all these little, what's the word? I suppose different schools of thought, you know, tools, yeah. um, you know, advice. And I think that's really what everyone listening should be doing because we yeah. are just all so unique in terms of our, our physiology, but also our environment and our kind of mental health as well. It's about taking things, applying them, taking bits of advice, applying it and just seeing if it works for you. And if it does, it stays with you, you know, and if it if it doesn't, don't feel bad about that fact. Don't think that you're failing or feel guilty no. about it, but also don't continue to to push. I often see that a lot where people will push approaches because it's been sold so heavily to them as well. Yeah. That's a really scary yeah, thing, yeah. I think, about social media and health and you, you see a lot of yeah. promise in the earth. You have to do it like this. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, and, and, and we always say that the more complicated something sounds then the more attractive it is and which is crazy when you think about you know we already have very complicated minds and, and lifestyles already we don't need that extra layer of difficulty when no, it comes to health no, and that's no. why the, the more simple interventions tend to be more effective but we're, we're right the other way at the minute aren't we yeah, yeah you know, definitely we're, we're like, how can we simplify this yeah, as yeah. much as possible how can we bring it back to the basics as much as possible definitely even to, in terms of how i'll practice with a client i'm like i can find myself sometimes over complicating it in my head and be thinking oh what about testing and i'm like no no, no it's so obvious what the problem is here and it's not you know necessarily down to a physiology it's more maybe an environment or work-life balance yeah. you know and so how do i motivate the client to change that but i think also, what I try to identify, and that's what I was trying to talk about in the last podcast, and I'm not sure I got this message across, was... Probably we, not. <laughs> probably not. Probably went off... <laughs> you got a message off, across. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not, <laughs> not that, that one. one. <laughs> off around the houses, completely <laughs> lost my train of thought, and they couldn't remember what I was talking about in the first place. That's likely. It's the... 
when the way that our journey started out was we you know kind of had a desire to solve some problems of our own likely or mm. a need you know a a goal maybe or an objective to get fitter stronger yours yeah. yours definitely came much more from like a passion for sport and training whereas mine was a bit like I feel like crap like I need I need a way out of this and we found answers in getting fitter and stronger we found answers in changing our nutrition we found answers in scaling back our kind of you know the amount of stuff we're taking on in life and, and mm. prioritizing stress management and things like that so we found those answers and then we immediately want to share them and I always try to look for individuals that have that kind of situation going on so it's more like they did something and they felt so passionate about it they wanted to share it and that's getting harder and harder to identify because so many people now want to earn a living out of health and there's yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with that but it does mean that there's a hard sell on stuff that isn't necessarily the truth and that doesn't always come from an honest place you know with good intentions and that's what I find hard when I look around social media and you just see people selling stuff that I know is is not right. And I know because I tried it years ago or I've, you know, kind of, I know the theory behind it and I'm like, that doesn't work. And you shouldn't sell that in that context to people. It's, it's unfair. It's misleading. But the sad thing is it also sounds very attractive. And, yeah. you know, and it, but- if it's coming from a celebrity, even more so. And that's mm. the really hard thing that me and you are struggling with at the moment. We're like, that person has no training or qualification to be, advising people about you know supplements and nutrition but they are and that's that's really scary i suppose but it's like we we, we were chatting about this the other day weren't we in that and we, we mentioned it briefly on the last episode where it's it kind of highlights that for for a lot of the time like people don't don't really care about those things they don't care if they're qualified no, or, no. or or <clears> anything <throat> like that because they like the person they can relate to the person so it's a tough one because I think, oh, I see, you know. So you, yeah, you're right in that they could have uh, some benefit to somebody. Yeah, and exactly. You know, and I agree with you. I think it's when I see selling products, which on some feeds that I've looked at, maybe it is a post that's actually very valuable to individuals, but the next one then sells a product related to that post. And I just feel like you don't need that to put that in place. Do you? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what I find hard. And as I said, and I think celebrities, I don't know if you know this, with the COVID situation, many celebrities were approached when lockdown first happened and they were actually given access to um, a lot of health professionals medical professionals about how they should conduct their social media communications around covid because they've got this role to really influence people yeah yeah and i thought that's a that's a really good thing so they were actually given a bit more of an update on the situation Mm. than most other people and and going forward i think there's also a similar potential for for that to be the case but you do tend to see the opposite and it's a real shame because out there you've got professionals who've been working so I'm not discrediting them or saying that they shouldn't do this but when you've got people who've been working on the shop floor for 20 30 years and know the practical application and the reality of the situation for a lot of clients Mm. you know that actually a a responsible professional is really careful not to mislead people and sell supplements for the sake of making a quick book and things like that we know a lot of people in the industry who, you know, really stand back and question a lot of stuff for at first before they implement it. You know, yeah, they'll go, yeah. oh, I'll try it on myself first. Might try it on a few clients where I think it's right for them. And then yeah. I'll decide if it's something that I endorse or recommend on a regular basis. And also, but but don't necessarily do it on a kind of multi-level marketing, you know, mm. um, basis. Because they're like, well, that's not why I started out in the industry. You know, yeah. it's not a, it's not to make a, to make money in, in that way. It's to make money out of my expertise and the way that I can apply and support and and motivate people. It's such a tough one though, isn't it? Because I do feel that, you know, 
I look back at some of the advice we used to give and, you know, we've spoke about this before and I kind yeah. of facepalm a little bit because I'm, yeah, like, I'm like, I would never give that advice now. Whereas there was a time when I was, I was adamant, you know, that that's what needed to be done. Yeah. So I think it's almost you like evolve, definitely. you evolve and yeah. it's almost like, yeah, fair enough. We look at some things now that we used to do. We look at some things that other people are doing now, but you've almost got to kind of go, hopefully they'll they'll learn from this this is just yeah, where yeah. they're at right now yeah and i think the reality is there's not many people out there that are pushing products or pushing supplements or whatever that they don't or pushing approaches that they don't believe in yeah, you know yeah. so you could argue that it's coming from a good place yeah, yeah, because it's 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 what they believe in at this moment based on their level of knowledge their level of experience absolutely yeah yeah and over time that evolves i suppose that is one of the mistakes i'd say we definitely made it initially when we first started out i suppose writing books and and doing all that kind of thing is that i found an approach that that you know kind of made a lot of sense to me and it definitely had a kind of transformational effect on me and therefore i thought it would affect you know have a hugely beneficial effect on other people yeah but was probably too rigid in my, one, my kind of understanding of it, and secondly, my communication of it. And I thought there was absolutes, a lot of absolutes. And over time, I realised that actually it it provided a really beneficial template for a lot of people that they then needed to tinker with a little bit themselves. And and then we did over time as well. And actually, we became more aware of the bigger picture, I suppose, over time as well, of other things that influenced your health, like your mindset and your environment and your lifestyle, your circadian rhythm, how much sleep you're getting. We we became much more, I suppose, lifestyle-focused and moved away from the specifics of nutrition, the specifics of supplements. But I still use, of course, like elements of of that template. It still probably is the the foundation of... Mm. What I recommend is still a whole foods diet, which, you know, as minimally refined as possible, as nutritious as possible, yeah. will always be what I kind of stand by. I'm just less rigid. And even now when I work with a client, I don't, I used to dive in with like what I want to take out from their lifestyle or nutrition first, mm. things that I know are affecting their sleep or their blood sugar regulation. Whereas now I'm like, build them up first, build them up in loads of different ways. It can be. You know, there's so many ways to, to, to nourish someone and help them. Yeah. Some of it's food, but some of it's like, seriously, cut yourself some slack. Like, yeah. let's get going with this. What about this? Like, let's start thinking about some quick wins that are easy. And I think if you're listening, we, we spend so long, and I'm, I'm as guilty as you are, you, you go through these processes where we start to give ourselves such a hard time about this one thing we're doing, drinking too much coffee, drinking too much alcohol, undertraining, overtraining. You know, we, we, we just, we focus on it and we forget to think about, why are we doing that? And should we build ourselves up in the background? Like, should we be kinder to ourselves? Should we take more time out? Should we go and hang out with our mates? Should we yeah. um, come offline for a bit, watch a movie? You know, we forget to think about how could we fuel ourselves in, in different ways that would mean that maybe at some point you will have the energy to adjust whatever it is you think that's out of control, mm. the smoking, the training, yeah. the alcohol. Like, you'll adjust but- it in time if you need to. And sometimes you may never need to because... And this is what I keep saying. Whenever I teach anything, I we all know someone who's like ninety-two and living on fags and sausage rolls and happy. You oh, know, no. so that's the life right there. Yeah. So for <laughs> all that we think we know, most of us about the fags. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I think, like, 
it's a big reason why p- people uh, procrastinate with anything is because, I mean, the reality is, you know, changing your diet, your exercise, changing careers, whatever, these things are hard. There's no two ways about it. You know, they are difficult and they do require effort, hard work and consistency. However, I think a lot of the time we build them up to be so much more than they actually are, so much more restrictive than than they truly need to be to get results that as a result, we keep putting it off. And that's why people like right now, you know, we are what we're, we're coming up to, you know, the middle of December. You can bet your bottom dollar. Anyone who did have a weight loss goal kind of sacked it off for now. Sacked it off because it's like, well, what's the point? You know, there's no point doing this. There's no point doing that. I'm going to wait until the new year. I get it. You know, I don't see why anybody would want to be trying to create too much restriction at this time of year. However, this is a different year as well. So, oh, hell yeah. 2020 and comfort eating. 2020, it just needs to be. (laughs) It just needs to not exist. You know, like when we look back in the record books, you know, you you want the younger generations, you know, you know, in years to come to go. Well, why why does it go from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, just don't ask. Yeah, yeah. What happened yeah. to We've just wiped it from from the history books. But when when I did a I did a live last week over on the Fitter Food page, and I was saying like, look, I'm not saying start dieting now, you know, but what I am saying is don't buy into the whole I'll wait till the new year mentality because it's a shit approach trust me you're just making things a million times more difficult for yourself you know if you've allowed yourself to press the fuck it button and just go you know anything goes until the new year because that's when I'm going to really make an effort you know it's just going to be even harder than it is now and last week I was like there's still realistically there was you know there's still four or five weeks to make a difference to 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 go until you're realistically going to start this new year new you four or five weeks is a long time to take you in the opposite direction quite substantially you know in terms of weight gain getting into really bad habits so start forming habits now that was my advice you know what could you do now that's not restrictive but it's going to just give you a bit of a head start in terms of behavior change ready for the new year, i.e. getting into the habit of prepping meals, maybe hitting a certain step count each day, maybe try and get an element of consistency with your exercise regime, but then still enjoy a bit of what you fancy. Yeah, yeah. Have a few kind of habits in place so that come the new year, it's, you don't feel like you're starting from scratch. A big thing I, I, I think, well, I think a common mistake people make, and I've made this mistake I did a post about it on um, social media last week was because there's kind of abundance of like delicious food and, you know, might be kind of alcohol, whatever it is, it's around us right now. And everywhere we go, we're encouraged, you know, to have a, have a mince pie and, you know, have a, have a this, have a that in the oh, coffee come shop. On. Yeah. Come it's on. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. yeah, basically. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it is good to get in the spirit of things, but you do find yourself um, slipping into like a bit of this, bit of that. And it all, begins to add up and again I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing but what I realized was I wasn't really doing these things very mindfully and appreciating it I was doing it because my workload was building towards Mm. as it always does towards the end of the year when you're trying to like plow through things getting ready to finish and as that was building and you were really busy with Strong Humans Club I was just noticing that I was like I'm just gonna have one of them limp balls I'm gonna have that yeah give me let's let's share a croissant and things like that but I wasn't sitting down with you and really enjoying it Mm. and talking I was like half on my phone and 
and end up eating half a lint ball one day and putting the other half down and go, I'm not even tasting this. Yeah. I'm just, I'm stress eating. It's not a good place to be. Like I, what I need to do is, is step back and go, what the flipping heck are you doing? And what we've done in lockdown, which I highly recommend everybody does, is we've watched a lot of films about real life stories mm. and really inspirational people. And it's got me thinking about there's like living a life and then there's just... Uh, you know, making a difference and having a legacy and feeling like you're kind of really, I don't know, so here for a reason yeah, and, yeah. and and doing what you truly are meant to be doing. And then there's just like existing. And I think because I'd taken on so much work, I've realised I was just in a state of existence and also just kind of essentially just treading water a little bit and then feeling frustrated because I don't have any mental energy left to do like creative stuff and I've got things in me ideas and they're just not coming to fruition and the, the, the real kicker for me was watching Bohemian Rhapsody with you yeah. and just seeing someone who knew he had such an amazing talent so confident in yeah, it I just yeah. I loved every minute of that film if anything though we we, we said um they, we, over, they overdid the teeth what <laughs> you just say that I mean yeah I, just, I think the teeth were a bit OTT in Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> Don't you? But I still, I still love that. Like when someone first criticised his teeth, he came back and said it allows me to reach a whole different range of, of in vocals because mm. I've got more teeth and a bigger mouth. And all. I was just like, that's the last legendary like response yeah. there. Because anyway, again, as someone who's teased for having big teeth as a kid, I was like, I wish it started singing. Maybe I could have been. Yeah. <laughs> could have been. been. Could have been king. <laughs> 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 But the reason I really like that, we had actually seen a documentary about Queen and, and it's not really covered in the film and it was a bit disappointing in that sense. It was a brilliant film, but they actually had a real hard first couple of years, didn't they? Yeah, Where it's A lot going. of knockbacks and a lot of like, you know, and they just kept going. And and we've had a really similar thing in terms of running a business. We've had a lot of setbacks. You know, you could argue for 10 years doing this, we should be in a completely different pace. And sometimes we both look at each other and go, what are we flipping doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are we not here or there? And and then we, we kind of go, but what else would we do? Like, we feel mm. this is all we were ever supposed to do. It's all we ever talk about. It's all we ever think about. And weirdly, we get a lot of um, compliments for walking the walk, but it's a bit like, well... That's well, why you go yeah. into this industry because you believe you it. Should. You should do it. Yeah, it's it's like, that's the way it should be. But just to kind of go back to that film, it was just he stepped foot on stage at Live Aid, and we'd watched all the Live Aid documentaries in lockdown as yeah, well, hadn't yeah. we? Again, I don't, they just came good. on iPlayer, and I, I loved Live Aid, and it, it, I love it because I always think it's the year you were born, and I would I would have been five, but I kind of. I remember it later, if anything. I don't, I don't yeah. think I can remember it up no. there. People say you never forget Live Aid, and I was like, I think I've forgotten it. Yeah. <laughs> but you definitely won't. You weren't born, so you won't remember it. But the collective energy of how the country, the world responded is amazing to watch in that documentary. But then you watch Bohemian Rhapsody and know that what he knew, that, you know, basically his time was finite yeah. when he stepped on stage and they'd also had this, they'd split up for a while and then come back together. Yeah. I feel the same watching like various different George Michael concerts after reading that it was like his last one performance. Yeah. And you can just see the energy there is just, it's just inspirational. Yeah. And I go on, I read the biography or I watch the film and I go on YouTube and watch the real event. And just honestly, it just, it makes you cry. It makes you like, well, it made me cry because I'm like, oh. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, just, and then that, I think I was like, all our time here is finite, isn't it? Well, yeah. Like every, and I know that's sorry, it's such an obvious statement to make, but 
we forget it because we're just so busy going from day to day. Yeah. You know, like, especially in lockdown, it's been like, you know, batch cook food, get to the shop, try and beat the supermarket queues, get the work done, try and keep fit, try not to hoover up the fridge mm. in between <laughs> between meals, like as in, you know, comfort eat. And we forget that there is still a big wild world out there and there is still so much potential and so much opportunity for us. And I think I've loved these films because I've just been like, take a moment to reflect on that yeah. and stop finding escapes in limp balls and... And, you know, put some key changes in place and that's what I've done. And I've, I've made some decisions, sent some emails and I've changed some things. And um, who knows, like the next year, what it holds. But I just know I can't, I couldn't continue spinning the plates that I was. Yeah, yeah. Treading the water in the way I, that I was. But I suppose interestingly, because, you know, like we, you know, in this episode, we, we want to kind of like talk about... Yeah, we haven't talked about anything we've no, learned, have we? <laughs> the, you know, the, the things we've learned from people along the way. and But... The thing is, is there's lessons to be learned everywhere and from everyone. Yes. You know, and and it's like they don't need to be a celebrity or a doctor or an expert in a particular area. You could just learn something from someone. Someone's passion, dedication. Yeah, you just just know them. They're a friend of yours or they're a neighbour and they've got a certain behaviour or characteristic that you admire. And we have the, the opportunity every day to be inspired by everybody around us but we also and i've mentioned this time and time again we have the ability to inspire others as well again you don't need to be a celebrity you don't need to be an expert a doctor a professor anything like that to inspire somebody else but if you this is a bit like dieting people get carried away with the fact that if you can't inspire the world like a celebrity then what's the point Mm. but what if you could inspire one other person on your newsfeed because you decided to go for a run that day or you decided to not go for a run that day do you know what I mean? yeah, and yeah. decide to walk, even though yeah. like you're, you're, you're a little bit of a hare and you love it and you're addicted to it, but you fight against it and you do the opposite of what you feel you should do. One or two people will read that. And the weird thing about the situation at the moment is with social media, many people voyeur and the, the interaction levels are coming down all the time mm. um, other than you know sometimes like obvious stuff like I, I always notice in a group when someone goes what was breakfast everyone's like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah but then when people are asking not even asking questions but maybe asking you to go deeper and think deeper and, and take a you know more reflective stance on on your day and things it, it can be like almost like a tumbleweeding post sometimes and you think oh it didn't really resonate but I think it's because people just read it and go off and think about it yeah and so <laughs> interaction is not a a marker of how much you are maybe making a difference either mm. and i think no, that's no, really yeah. important because we often post and think oh no one said anything that's yeah oh, it's so hard though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it is so hard like you know it, we, we we keep saying that we're like oh we don't do it for the followers and the likes <laughs> but then we are a bit like like our post please i just want to know someone read it <laughs> well, the hard thing it's about, hard the hard thing about the moment is as well the algorithms are not in favor it's really sad of the small businesses because essentially they don't pay as much money and and you are getting now the world's oh, gone online though, yeah, yeah. And, and you know your big celebs is and i kind of think if i wasn't I, I, if I, I, I wasn't in this industry would i be following i don't know gary barlow's advice on weight training not you because i wouldn't know of you do you know what i mean so if gary barlow's telling me what he does fitness wise i'm more likely to go oh he looks in good shape i'm mm. gonna do the gary why, barlow why? i don't even know if gary barlow's doing workouts so why just did give you an use example. gary barlow as an example because <laughs> i was doing his sing-alongs but he did, he's into fitness. Is he? Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's doing anything, but what's the other chef who does eat well for less? 
<laughs> Taste oh. the same, but it costs less. Oh yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> He's now on Instagram Greg with it with his six something. pack all the time. Yeah, I don't doubt that it's everyone. A six pack. Will... Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I need to look at that. But I, I don't know. I just think we're not very good at social media. Probably using the wrong hashtags. I know. I know. That's what it is. Wrong hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're not going viral. <laughs> hashtag lol. I actually heard the other day that they, I can't, wherever I heard this, I don't know, it was a podcast or something, that, no, it was that social media program. We probably mentioned this before. Do you remember? It was on um, about the young girl on the computer where she gets hacked and she can tell that it's an adult, not her friend, because they use uh, lol. Uh, oh, yeah. and emojis and they're like you're you're definitely over 30 yeah, if you're, you're using you're, you're trying to sound young like yeah, you, something like young lol and use an emoji smiley i was like oh sugar like i don't know god totally give age away then it was like Lol. yeah yeah they're like kids don't talk like that now or something no, like that's that that's it yeah yeah, yeah. You, you're definitely young oh, um, right you, you've completely phoned me Matt, what, tell what, me what, what tell me some, talking about tell me some key things that you have learnt on your journey and what kind of either fit pros or nutritionists or movie stars have influenced you? You know, I, I've kind of taken little bits and bobs from people over the years because it's like, oh, I like how you do that, but I don't like how you approach it, you know, in this respect. And and I think we, we have done so many courses and workshops over the years, be it like kettlebell certifications. We've been to God knows how many different like nutrition seminars and things like that. Next time we go to one and someone goes, why are you here? Please answer just here for bits and bobs, really. Yeah, just a bit of this, bit of that. Bits and bobs is what you just said. Did I? Yeah. Did so I? I want you to answer, because everyone will expect you to go, well, I'm here because da da da. Yeah. Some just profound thing. I want to take, take my knowledge to the next level and help as many people as humanly possible. <laughs> uh, just here for a few yeah, bits and bobs. Just a few bits and bobs and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've got my money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? But it. Yeah, we, I'm joking about that, right? But at the same time, there's truth in jest, yeah? Because whenever we do our seminars and workshops, I always say to people, if you come away with just a few things today... You're happy. Happy days, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't absorb it all. You can't change everything at once. And also, everything that we mentioned today isn't going to relate to every single one of you, because some of you may have that nailed. Yeah. So, you know, whereas yeah, other yeah. people need to work on it. Yeah. And it's just coming away with those little bits and bobs. And and, and I think That's it's easy. Hashtag. Yeah. Bits and bobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because bits it's... Bits and bobs in fitness. It's in, in that. <laughs> yeah. An elf. Fitness and elf, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to get overwhelmed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In every aspect of life. And I think we're very good at overwhelming ourselves. We don't need help to do it. You know what I mean? So, if, and that's why like our approach has changed so much over the years. Because if you're like, oh, you need to change this, 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 that, 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 and that, and that, and that, and then you'll start getting somewhere. It'd be like, whoa. You know, we always used to joke that, you know that TV program, like a year to save your life or a year to change your life or something? Yeah. And it's, um, we were saying like, we'd do a version just to make it like really basic. And it'd be like, oh, month one, drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> See you in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> month two, go for a run every other day. <laughs> like, when we did, um, when we entered into the kind of kettlebell training side of things, mm. this is where it's quite interesting when we were just talking about the rigidness of when you're taught, because we've kind of done the alphabet of kettlebell training haven't we so we did rkc ikff yeah <laughs> like all, all of these different yeah, kettlebell yeah. coaches with different certifications but the first one we did was russian kettlebell <laughs> russian, russian kettlebell challenge. challenge yeah rkc and 
they taught us a method of learning kettlebells that was brilliant in yeah. that it gave us this kind of process to follow to teach someone how to use a kettlebell safely mm-hmm. and effectively. But they were also quite military military about it, but also quite this, you've got to be able to do this, this and this, and you can't do that and you can't do that. And then someone who had, is it dissenter when you leave your original, yeah, isn't it? When you leave your original kind of school of thought, tribe, anyway someone who used to be part of the RKC set up on their own, didn't they? Two two other trainers who we also admired on social media. We'd watch their stuff. And they taught us other ways of doing the kettlebell snatch and swinging the bell. And they were much more there. They'd kind of come through a process of injury as well, hadn't they? Yeah, so yeah. if you do that kind of hard style all the time, it can be, you know, kind of damaging. You can just risk tendonitis and mm. issues with your joints and your joint locking all the time. And, and it was really weird because I think it's the first time we were like, gosh, there's no kind of absolutes. Because some of the people that we'd also done bodyweight training with are like, this is how you do a press up. You have to have, you know, elbows tucked in. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. And we were like, right, OK, that's how you do a press yeah. up. But then over time, you'd implement it on different people. And someone would be like, this really hurts my shoulder. I'm not feeling this at all in my chest. You know? we, we would be like, oh, but then you're completely different physical shape. Yeah. to somebody else and when we did the other kettlebell courses they would talk about actually having an element of fluidity in how you teach people and even some of them had a more fluid style of using the kettlebell yeah, which yeah. softer and more kind of that's what the IKFF their kind of style is you, you swing it for longer and there's no joint locking and then what's interesting is when you were on social media and kettlebells have kind of picked up in the last year especially over lockdown some people have like commented or written to us and gone you don't swing your kettlebell right yeah you don't do it like you that you don't do it like that you know and it's yeah. like we, you always go here come the movement nazis you know in terms of like this is how you do it yeah and it's really interesting because it's like well as is a culmination of the way you swing your bell has come off the back of training with probably four of the most experienced kettlebell trainers but, but, in but, the world yeah and but, you've developed your style yeah it. exactly like, and, and not only that like we we took what we learned from the one certification and then we put it into practice on ourselves yeah, as yeah. well as our clients and, and as well as our classes. So not only did we put it into, into play, but we also then worked with a lot of people and we adapted our approach yeah. based on them, based on their feedback. And, and it's like um, there's that famous saying by Bruce Lee, isn't there, where he's like, I can't remember it you know, word for word, I'm not even close, but you'll get the point, I'm sure. And he's like, it's all about taking little bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah. That's what Bruce Lee said. Bits and bobs. Take bits and bobs from kind of all the different disciplines and ultimately like bringing it together and creating what is your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we do. We do that with our training, with our nutrition, yeah. with our lifestyle choices. As I say, we've done the whole this is what you have to do. You can't do it any other way. Yeah, yeah. We've been there. We've done that, but we've grown, we've evolved. And now we're much more flexible. And like we always say, adapt and overcome. How can I adapt this template? Because we do use templates. Of course we do. How do we adapt this template for the individual that is in front of me right now yeah, to make yeah, it work yeah. best for them? And because think- as well, if you think if we'd have stayed with the kind of the original way that we trained in kettlebells was brilliant and it had its strengths in terms of it, as I said, it was like a method to teach beginners, like mm. learn how to deadlift the bell, learn how to get into the deep squat, yeah. and learn how to, and great for teaching points. But as soon as we got, and it allowed me and you to get very strong and fit doing mm. the kettlebell training, but then as soon as we got fitter and stronger, you also entered into a system of 
to be a trainer, you have to be this fit, yeah. which is a mistake I think a lot of health professionals make. I see a lot of nutritionists believing they must never eat a croissant ever again. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, to be yeah. a nutritionist, you must not <laughs> eat crap. Like it's, there's almost like perfectionism kind of comes yeah. in. And that was with the, the, with the training side, I think there was a lot of, you need to be able to lift this much weight, do this many pull-ups and push-ups. And that for me was a dangerous place to enter because mm. I'm already competitive with myself and, and so are you. And what we noticed was the training for that and almost striving for those levels of, I suppose like it was supposed to be a level of competency, but it was maybe a level of fitness that my body wasn't ready for on top of all the other work I was doing. Yeah. It was just multiple injuries, that, but injuries that were like overuse injuries. So yeah. tendonitis in elbows, shoulders, knees. I don't think there was a joint that for me that didn't have an itis in it at that point in time. Yeah. And that was why it was nice to kind of, well, I think I bowed out for a while and then came across a completely different style that really encouraged, like we mentioned, I said, you know, the recovery side of stuff yeah, and yeah. the not overtraining and also identifying that you don't have to be the best of the best, the strongest to be a great coach yeah. and to be able to teach other people. And I think this is a mistake I've seen yoga teachers make, personal training, like, or anyone who yeah, teaches yeah. thinks they have to be. It put me off yoga for a long time because I remember thinking, I don't want to go down that route when you look at a lot of yoga, um, like these peak positions, yeah. a lot of them are kind of shoulder ba shoulder balances and headstands. And having had a load of injuries, all I kept thinking was, I'll be the one that breaks my neck in that position or something. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just can't go there. I can't see the benefit of, of doing that other than you're going to look impressive on Instagram or yeah. teaching. And I never did. I've never done a, a proper headstand in a class for that yeah. reason. I've done like a mini one where I'll take like all against the wall. I think I've done one once under guidance but I was I'd watch people in class and think firstly I don't understand I think being upside down is pretty cool but I don't really think it's going to benefit me in yeah. any way and you know also does that make me when I did my yoga teach training does it make me a better teacher no because if anything my focus needs to be everybody else around me yeah and you know, even if you're just a, someone out there now thinking that, that you're going to go into a yoga class and your main goal is to be able to do, some people contact me and they're like, I want to be able to do dolphin and I want to be able to do, not, not dolphin, um, uh, <laughs> sorry. There is a dolphin, but I can't think what it is anyway. All of these really complex like arm balances and shoulder, yeah. shoulder stands and things like that. And I'm just like, I don't do any of those because I don't want to push my body I, I use yoga for different things now. And if, if I want to get stronger, kind of do other things, you know, I just, I'm always kind of thinking about the different ways that I can challenge my body. But I also don't, I've let go of these kind of end goals of snatching that way and lifting that way. Yeah. Push-ups is probably, push-ups push, push and pull-ups, sorry. It's probably the one where I just like to be able to maintain a certain amount of, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I've, I've kind of joked a lot online saying, I'm going to try and get to 10 pull-ups. Still haven't got there yet. But it just keeps me accountable to doing pull-ups, which are really beneficial for me posture-wise. But that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, it's, it's good to have performance goals. It's good to have things to aim for, but don't pursue it at the... Expense of your health. Yeah, health yeah, and, yeah. and your longevity and, and risking injury. And you know what? That comes with experience. You know, we, we, we've all been there. And, and I think when we did do our first kind of proper kettlebell certification, like Kerry said, RKC, like it was... It was very hardcore. It was in Budapest, like in like a police 
compound and we were in the dormitories like it all just felt hardcore didn't it yeah, like yeah. you know all the all the instructors were very kind of military based and weirdly like there is a bit of there is satisfaction in that like this feels hardcore you know yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and even by the end of the weekend your you, your hands were ripped to pieces and you're like hardcore yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like yeah look what i did but then actually you look back on reflection and you're like well actually that screwed me up because I couldn't train for a week after that because <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I couldn't grip a dumbbell, no. you know, let alone let alone a kettlebell and start swinging it around. And, yeah, yeah. and now I look at people that still wear these kind of like torn hands as like badges of honour. And I'm like, actually, no, like we, we did that. We ripped our hands because we were doing too much and our technique probably wasn't that good. Um, it's a very unusual way to run the course, if you think about it. We, we arrived and had to pass the snatch, snatch test. test. It was the yeah. first thing we ever did there having and you know what's funny is i think i read the manual like like i always do i read the manual like about two days before or something yeah oh heck but it's strange it should have been at the end and then weirdly then we did have another assessment at the end and half of us could barely hold hand like our hands were just wrecked weren't they with but you know what like just to kind of give a bit of perspective on this and and i think there's a lesson here in that we've said this quite a few times you know you people serve a purpose for you at that time uh, 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 that time and different parts of your life like I've got a lot of people that have had a really positive impact on me who I no longer follow I don't follow their stuff I don't read their books but there was a part of my life where they did serve a purpose and I learned something from them and I've given the example on the podcast before of like David Goggins you know I loved his book his audio book for me um, can't hurt me you know, was a game changer. And it, and it, it did, like, it changed my life. Yeah. It was what I needed to hear at that particular time. I've recommended it to other people. Some loved it. Some said, can't stand him. Yeah. It's not my, my vibe at all. Absolutely fine. And it's not for everybody. Or it might just be then it's not for them at that moment. Because I think you've got, a, it depends on where your head's at. Yeah. And I think that's the difference is things change. And despite, you know, don't get me wrong, we loved our RKC oh, certification. God, it's weird. I'm saying it now in reflection, but I wouldn't change it for the world. No, no. And, and even to this day, and like, I was all, it's, it's how we teach kettlebells to it, people. I was in awe of, we'd followed Pavel for a while, brought all yeah. his books and kind of learned. He was a very big fan of mastering things like pistol squats you know, body weight and kettlebells. He mm. was like, you can build so much strength and, and yeah. great core um, as well. And so to meet him and train with him and oh, actually, I got a rollicking from him. For- Even though he kept thinking I was from Australia, <laughs> which I don't get. He kept calling me Australia. I was like, I'm not from Australia. I got- I'm not from Australia, mate. <laughs> Crikey. And it was really interesting. But, but just quickly, just to oh. finish my point is, but for me, that weekend, even though you look back and you think, oh, that was so hardcore, that was so full on, that's not what I would do with people. At the same time, I came away from that weekend, I felt like an absolute badass. Yeah, yeah same. Because I was like, I've, I mean, we were outside. It was the middle of August. It was, it, it, it was scorching hot. Boiling, and because yeah. um, we joked with some of the people, it was like, we were drinking gallons of water a day, yet going to the toilet once because you were sweating so much. That's how you were losing so much body fluid that you didn't need to pee. Yeah, yeah. But you do, you look back and it showed you there were so many times where you're like, I can't do this. My hands are ripped to pieces. I'm knackered. You know, I think I've got sunstroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not, not say it's healthy, but you just went to a place and you came away thinking, God, I, I can't believe I did that. 
I can't believe we all did that. I was going to say, you the, know, the friendships were... The, we're yeah, we're the, all the, still the, in touch. Like, we are, randomly, yeah. We all still, every now and then, see each other on social media or like each other's posts or yeah. something. But I can remember so much about all those people that, yeah. that I met at that time. And, and you, everyone from different walks of life, different countries, different ways of training. And, uh, and yeah, and it's and we were all still, still connected. Yeah. And, and all kind of bonded over the night before we were supposed to do our final assessment with all of us had those ripped hands and we were jumped in the car to go and get some, some I think we uh, spoke about this not yeah, that long no, ago I was going to say like to, to be in the car with people and having a laugh and I don't know it was it was an amazing experience and but each of them I remember crowdsourcing Bond, at the time bonded over snatches one of the one of the guys was a yoga teacher <laughs> one was a vegan and I remember just having really great in-depth conversations about why they'd made those choices yeah. and what they they found so kind of you know, beneficial from it and um and like i said and then i'm still in touch with most of those you know on online as well so i think that's the amazing thing about when you do get together you know to do a qualification in a course sometimes and we've found some courses we invested in have been a load of pants mm. but then we've got to hang out with people who are pretty passionate yeah. and spent money and invested and so they're kind of on your wavelength and yeah. they over the dinner and stuff that we all talk about teaching and coaching and again things they found really good and it's you know i remember from one of the kettlebell courses it's how i found out about charles poliquin doing mm. biosignature which is kind of about nutrition and hormones and it was someone that mentioned it and said now that looks good stuff and i went off researched yeah. it and went on that course and yeah. to this day although there was a lot of it now that i question and don't use i still credit charles poliquin with yeah. setting me on a journey of and even some of his yesterday, I was lecturing on women's hormones health, and I used things that I learnt that I started to learn about on his biosignature course because he talked about, you know, hormones being, you know, testosterone being converted into estrogen, low testosterone being a massive problem at the moment because of lack of sleep and stress, and just that was my first. Yeah. Just, what is it? Ten years ago, N none of this stuff was being talked about then. No, he was. Yeah, exactly. Like it was. But he was also, correct me if I'm wrong, he was also one of the first people to go beyond nutrition and actually discuss lifestyle choices as well. Yeah, and that, talk, that's and, what know, I came across. And for the sure. person that, you know, made a massive deal of sleep, you know, which for a long, long time, you know, people are a bit like sleep, sleeps for sleeps for dweebs, you know, yeah, like yeah. now it's all about being hardcore and working hard and getting up early and and all of that malarkey, whereas he was big on sleep, wasn't he? Oh, like, he was you know, never, ne and, you know, He was like, go on holiday every year. Make sure yeah, you take was. time out and sleep and indulge a little bit and, and, and just rest, recover. And I remember when I turned up for the course, actually, and uh, we were in um, an Eliko, Eliko gym in um, yeah. Sweden, and <laughs> I'd never met him. And again, I hadn't really done a lot of research. I just I looked at the course and I was like, I want to do this. And... Um, when I arrived, I was like, where is he? I can't see him anywhere. So we're all in this classroom ready to learn. And then there's this little pair of feet on the floor in the gym. <laughs> he was basically taking just lying on a mat, taking a nap. <laughs> I was like, oh, there he is. Right. He's in a dumbbell he as would, a pillow. He would go away before the talks and he would just lie down, um, close his eyes. Sometimes he was meditating. Sometimes you didn't know if he was napping. But, you know, you talk about walking the walk. And, yeah. and do you know what? The food on that course was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, again, it kind of, he made sure everything. And what was also cool was we we learned in 45-minute cycles. And then he was like, get up and move, go off somewhere, yeah. do something. Encouraged us to train. It's quite funny because he was never a fan of cardio. Do you remember yeah, this? He used yeah, to slate running. Yeah. It's like, if you want to really knacker your kind of balance between 
stress hormones and everything like like just go and do just hammer the cardio if you want to really you know knacker your sex hormones and then I remember one girl coming in one of the girls on the course at lunchtime and she was like don't tell anyone but I'm going for a run I just bloody need a run (laughs) don't tell anyone what I'm doing and I was like you go for a run she's like I'm going to follow she goes I'm going to she goes I'm going to follow it up with a bit of zumba when no one's looking as well (laughs) because he would ridicule stuff like that and that I didn't agree with you know because again that's that rigidity that this is bad this is rubbish to do what he was trying to say and he was quite rude about it sometimes is that things like spinning and zumba and running were everyone's go-to for training but probably didn't offer as much bang for buck as some things like strength training and and he was right about that but again i think there's a balance you can find because it's about what people enjoy and it it depends what you're trying to achieve and whether you're getting the results with what you're currently doing so again it opened my eyes to i came back and just started doing german volume training all the time yeah yeah that gets boring (laughs) very boring 10 sets of 10 but if you want to stack on some muscle do some german volume training or, or not be able to walk for a week. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's somebody who I, yeah, I, I think I came away from that. First of all, believing everything and but, then slowly but, over time but, but, took parts, bit, bits and bobs of it. Took bits and bobs, see? And still use Game it. changer. But, but also going back to even little things, not even nutrition related, he did that whole 45 minute Learning. thing yeah, and, yeah. and we now do that on our workshops don't we well, we try so, to but we have yeah, to run over. We'll run over but we try and have we have a break in between yeah. rather than it just being because we've been to some seminars and they just talk and talk and you're like three hours later and you're like jesus you know it's not that i don't find what you're saying interesting but i need a break yeah, i need yeah. a brain break you know this is just so much information i need a coffee just want to have a drink move my body a little bit but even from a work perspective how long do you stay glued to a laptop yeah, and exactly. then you wonder why you want to basically punch somebody or yeah. cry like after about three, four hours and why you've got no resilience when your laptop decides the battery's going to go and your plug's not nearby yeah, yeah. and then you just throw your toys out the pram. It's because we just run our, our brains into the ground and then yeah. all that's left is like a pretty like primal response to stuff, yeah. which is like, like I said, just oh, fuck, kill someone, you know, like you really can't control your emotions yeah. and it's because you've exhausted yourself. But another big... Um, just to, to backtrack a little bit to the, to the kettlebell thing, because I was just thinking about this as we were talking about it. Like, you know, I think Charles Pollockin was a real eye-opener to us from a nutrition perspective, but also the lifestyle side of things like we just mentioned. But also on our kettlebell journey, like when we first started using the kettlebells, it was very hardcore, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we did a, another course that was with someone that, like you said, Steve Cotter, who did the IKFF, and it was a bit more of a fluid style. But he was the first person that I'd ever done mobility work with. Oh, yeah, yeah. And prior to that, it was like, mobility, what? Like, And even know. when he was doing it, we were all like, can we just get on with the bells, please? Do you remember? Yeah, but then equally, when you watched how he moved, oh, yeah. you were like, oh, my God. He would just have like two bells overhead. Yeah, when he just dropped down into an squat. overhead squat, like, no problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carry on chatting away with like 232 kilos yeah, over his yeah. head. Cossack like, squat then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, his background was like Kung Fu and stuff as well. So he was, you He's know, got good mobility, right? incredibly mobile, incredibly strong. But it was, I was like, wow, he moves so effortlessly. He was the first one to remember. I was really struggling with uh, back pain on that course. Yeah. And he was the first one to get you doing wall squats to start to improve yeah yeah um, and we had to go basically try this at home if you haven't done it already but you had to face a wall and do a squat and it stops you from 
tipping forward yeah. so you get much more activation. The, the goal is to get it so that your toes are touching the wall and you can squat without hitting the wall and or, falling always, or falling backwards. And we took that into our classes. People mm. loved it, but it really improved their mobility, core activation. You're also kind of using your posterior chain much more because everyone over relies on quads and tips yeah, forward yeah. On, a, on a squat. And that alone was something that I found like it's such a simple thing. But like you said, with the, the RKC, I think what I got carried away with it was that I would train hard and repeat the movements with ever, and, and I'd get to a certain level and then plateau Yeah, and never actually question. This has happened with me with running. It happened with me with strength training and stuff. Never question, why can't you get stronger? Yeah, And actually it's because of usually some kind of, you know, imbalances in my, in my, in my strength. And, and yeah. like you've just said, it's, it's an immobility or a stability problem. And when you take time out more to do, it feels like it's, I can't think what the word is. Is it remedial? You know, when it's like, just why am I doing this? It's boring. It's like rehab. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Um, and then you see it transfer over and you can snatch a heavier weight. Like, but that's the thing. That's your it? incentive. That, but- I mean, that was the eye opener for me. Cause when you spent so long doing these mobility warm ups. And like you said, as much as people are like, oh, let's stop throwing these kettlebells around, shall yeah, we? Yeah. But then you you did it and you're like, oh, I feel really good. Yeah. I actually feel really good for that. And all of a sudden I was like, my range is better. This feels more efficient. So we were like, well, we're definitely going to carry that on. Yeah. And then if you remember after that, we did a course with a guy called Mike Marler, another guy from the States who I suppose similar to us had done quite a few different styles of kettlebell training then he kind of put together his own course that had a big focus on the mobility, yeah. but also the strength side of things. Yeah. So it was like nice then seeing that blend of like, because I think like people get caught he, up in the said, whole... He said, I have a very unique snatch. Oh, did he not? <laughs> well, you didn't tell me that at the time. I would have had a word. <laughs> What's interesting is he said, you can tell. He's like, you can tell you've done... RKC and IKFF because you've you've actually created like a hybrid yeah, the hybrid yeah the and in two. between uh, and that is because I would struggle sometimes with the the wrist you know to control it going and so many people find with kettlebells when the bell kind of goes over over your wrist it, it can you know I've got tiny wrists mm. and so it would would hit my forearm and I'd end up with quite a lot of bruises and stuff and I tried your technique gets way better with practice but then when I when we did IKFF and they gave us another way of doing it, which is to wrap it around the side, that was more comfortable. So I kind of combined the two in some way. Yeah, yeah. But again, it is just about that. You know, me and you have completely different wrist sizes, yet we, we were initially starting to learn a process exactly the same. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really But again, like you say, to this day, we still have people that are like, oh, you know, that's not how you do it. Or once one person reached out to me, said that they, uh, you know, it was kind of like a bit of a, backhanded compliment type thing and they they messaged me and just said oh, i just saw your latest video with your kettlebells and um i was just wondering um I, I think you'd be great to come on our course to learn the technique properly like i'm happy to give you and Keris like 50 percent off because i love the work that you guys do and i was a bit like hmm well i am actually qualified <laughs> but you know but thanks for that type thing um, and I think I went back and said that. Not I wasn't defensive because I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very confident in my ability to swing a kettlebell and whatever else. And I know that our style is based on our experience. Our experience. I was just like whatever. And I, but again, you know, it's always going to happen. You know, we we've been there with the you know this is how you must do it, and we were temporarily after RKC, and and the same goes with nutrition. Like you did, Charles Poliquin, and yes, you know, he was. You know that that course 
you know, was a game changer for for you and for us. And even on the, the supplement side of things, both him, Charles Poliquin, and Mike Myler were probably because I was still a trainer at this point were my first inroad into supplements and kind of exploring mm. the supplement side of things. And we brought a lot, experimented, didn't we? And, and kind of, I read up on the subject and I questioned them quite a lot. And where I think it's hard because they, they were quite heavy with them and I understand their reasons why. And they definitely yeah. had, they were talking from a place of experience for sure. But I, I think it definitely swayed me to think that supplements, you know, had a had a greater role than maybe they need to, because I still think there's a lot of stuff that yeah. individuals could be doing with their lifestyle and their training and, and sleep and things like that first. Um, but I still, and again, then going off and training, doing nutritional therapy, I've now got this kind of middle ground where I'll be like, I've got enough knowledge and confidence with supplements. Um, but I'll, uh, you know, and occasionally supplements can be great for giving somebody the energy and motivation to make the changes that they can't do without. You yeah. know? So if someone is low in, in nutrients, it gets a little bit carried away in terms of, you know, how many we, you might be deficient in, but you definitely see low vitamin D, low iron, low, lack of magnesium. Like these are definitely things I see quite a lot, even now things like calcium and zinc. Yeah. And it is hard because they, you can see that their systems aren't optimized yeah. and they can't make changes because they almost don't have the neurotransmitters. Yeah. Mike Marlow was massive on kind of brain health and cognitive yeah. function, but was also about, I noticed this massively, by the way, all men are obsessed. I've mentioned this before, I'm sure, nootropics. Like there's just something about that that's very sexy to men. And whenever I teach, there could be like one or two men in the class and they know everything about nootropics. Like it's, you know... Everyone cherry picks, don't they? They do, but why is that more attractive? I don't know what it is. Know, it's just it's never appealed to me. So. <laughs> You're not interested. But it's like combining, you know, caffeine with ginseng and yeah. then it's like ashwagandha, theanine, all these well, kinds right. of things. And then, and then loads of supplement companies have set up just specialising in that and they're always called things like brain power or this or like <laughs> knock yourself out at night type thing. But that's not, it's along those lines. Yeah, it's not like, a very catchy name, to be fair. It's like... <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it's like, a, it must be so much more. I am being like, uh, you know, kind of gender specific here, but it must, must appeal much more to men than it does to women. Like the idea that you, yeah. you can just like upregulate your your cognitive function with a pill and then you can downregulate it as well. I know one person was like, I feel really good because, you know, I'm kind of like stimulated in the day um, and I feel like I can have my caffeine and stuff like that. But where it used to affect their sleep, now they take the, the kind of yeah. their ash ashwagandha and theanine and all this kind of stuff at night and it doesn't, you know, affect them. And yeah. so they've got loads of loads of productivity in the day and power through workouts and all that kind of stuff and, you know, really good, you know, yeah, but performance I on every level. And then at night they're like, and now I'm chilled and like almost like a... Most people might use alcohol or cigarettes or but, things but like again, that. But again, it's that kind of like, you know, if, if that's that thing that helps someone make good choices elsewhere, yeah, then, then like let them crack on, right? Yeah. But like... I just wonder why women aren't as interested. Women like to focus on hormones. Women just That's what I mean. Everyone hormones. cherry picks. Everyone's got their thing. Yeah. Everyone's got their thing. You know, like for me... And in defence of women, as a cyclical, so we're more likely to experience <laughs> problems because it's so easy to be knocked right, out yeah. compared to a man, which is like... But like you mentioned, Simple. when you when you first, yeah, when you came back from Sweden, yeah, you know, you were like, you know, oh, I got to get this supplement, that supplement, and you spent a blinking fortune even with a discount. <laughs> but then again, 
because it was like it was all new and exciting it was this new thing and this is what you must do because this guy who i really like says that yeah, this is yeah. what you must do this and, is why we're going wrong yeah and, but then <laughs> where, the reality sorry, where is we're going wrong we're not taking those yeah. pills <laughs> but then you realize that actually most people don't want to be taking that many pills can't afford to be taking that many supplements but the reality is they don't need to be taking that many supplements and that's how like like you said that you've evolved it and it's almost like okay but these are supplements these are the basics i think will really help you yeah you know and it's quite low cost it's quite easy to remember because there's not many but we've spoken about this in the past where it's like it helps create that buy-in yeah, with yeah. people because they're like I'm doing this now and I'm taking these supplements and yeah and many can have a placebo effect I never for deny, sure. I never deny that you know? exactly exactly and it's the same with me and you know there, there's a part of me that, that I've mentioned this when I take like a pre-workout drink I know that I could do a workout without a pre-workout drink I have many a time but there's something about the ritual of it for me yeah yeah and it tastes pretty nice as well yeah and it's just part of my little routine do i suggest other people take them no because chances are they don't need to you know what i mean i don't need to but but i take it and it is what it is do you see what i mean because it creates that little bit of a buy-in for me and it's just a little bit of a a routine that i like before i start slinging some kettlebells around and never underestimate how that changes your physiology yeah exactly i mean don't get me wrong i never start freaking out there are some days when i'm like rushing a little bit and i I genuinely forget and i'm not like oh i haven't had my pre-workout it's going to be a disaster i'm not going to be able to do anything i know that's not the case but like i said it's just my little thing and i enjoy it some of that also comes from having the confidence to experiment and not believe everything that someone necessarily tells you, which I think is quite important. So if someone tells you, you know, I, I, I firmly believe many people benefit from supplements, um, but I also, you know, will encourage them to um, take them more occasionally, take them more intermittently, pull them out. If you don't feel any different mm. then you know, because it's really hard to establish if diet is sufficient alone without doing some intensive blood testing so your next best bet is to supplement your diet if you want to test that theory and see if there's a difference and then kind of you know gradually use them less use them intermittently use them around busier times and then maybe don't use them at all and see and some people have fed back to me like i've stopped all that and i don't feel any different don't feel Mm. any better and then some people have said oh god i feel so much different you know it really just depends on whether we got to the problem in the first place And this is when I think when we're looking at whether you're using evidence-based research versus things like traditional medicine, I think both have just got so much to offer um, because one's been around for thousands of years and it's helped us. It's just got this reputation for making a difference and supporting health when you think about, um, you know, whether it be herbs or whether it be you know tai chi qigong yoga, like all of those things came about because they actually, if you look, they didn't come about for it was for health you know it wasn't this thing that and that sounds silly but people tend to do it now as a thing they go and do three times a week yoga but actually when you look at it it is doing things like supporting blood flow oxygenation of the body lymphatic stimulation like there was so many reasons why these movement practices were developed and how they helped us um, to evolve and, and you know well not evolve but to look after our health and they were promoted by various in various different cultures by various different leaders who were passionate about 
physical exercise. We talked about this the other day. If you actually study the history of exercise, it's fascinating because the, if there was ever a president or something who was fit themselves, like in America, yeah. you saw PE get pushed in school so much more. Yeah, yeah. And this is a problem that we have at the moment. Like, look at our leaders. Yeah, yeah. Like we're in, They don't believe in exercise. They don't believe in physical fitness. No. They don't believe in nutrition and they don't follow a, a, a nutritious diet. And therefore that model is not being promoted in schools it's not being pushed in in education in any way and they're not leading the country you know and they're paid by people who trash our diets and you know want us to be sat on the sofa just ordering food into our mouths and watching tv all the time yeah, yeah. that's who funds them so you could argue it's not even their fault in some ways can't even bother to go into that that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast but um i can't remember why i was talking about this anyway but i think there's just you know, this is why I was mentioning this. When it comes to supplement studies and you start to kind of go through the science, there isn't always the science necessarily to support certain things, but I've seen them work in practice. And that's not because I'm kind of using, you know, like woo-woo interventions. It's just, you'll see some things like creatine, for example, you have non-responders and responders to creatine. Yeah, yeah. CoQ10, it kind of gets a little bit split. Is CoQ10 helpful or not? We can make our own. And I just think it's really going to depend on how efficiently is someone making their own CoQ10 and what medications might be affecting that, like statins we know yeah. can affect that. So it's quite hard to see these studies where it's significant in a, in a population because it depends on whether you're getting people of exactly the same health status yeah. and comparing apples with apples, which is, is not easy. And we've talked to Tommy on the podcast before about how hard it is to look at training and, and exercise um, science uh, exercise studies because you just can't get people that all squat the same lifted the same weight mm. you know with the same diet and lifestyle and then compare a creatine intervention on every single one of them yeah, yeah. it's just really hard to measure outcomes in performance and that's why it's always done on things like running times and, and stuff like that yeah i mean so yeah it's the, that's why hence the reason why there are so much so fewer exercise-based studies compared to nutrition or, yeah, yeah. or supplement-based uh, studies because they're just much, much harder to do. And just on a, an example of that, there's a, it was really interesting. I was reading a rant in a magazine recently, a nutrition magazine, where they were saying eggs have come out as um, associated with type 2 diabetes in a study that was done in China. And they said this is where some, some amazing nutritionists and, and, and scientists have jumped on this and gone, this is where nutrition research is absolute trash at the moment. Mm. Because when you look at the study and the, the researchers put this in the study, but it was not published in the journal. But uh, the reason that egg more than I think it was something like more than two eggs a week or something like that was associated with an increased risk of diabetes because they were looking at China. It was the study was done in China. So in that population, what you also found if you dug a bit deeper was that people in China who are eating more eggs are likely eating a Western diet now. Right. That's why they're eating eggs. It's not right. part necessarily of their traditional diet, but there is a direct correlation between the fact that means they're eating junk food, more junk food, right. and therefore more likely to get diabetes. Right. So is it the egg or is it the junk food? What do you think? Well, do you need me to answer? There you go. And there's an, another study, and I think it was in Finland, same thing, eggs, uh, more than a couple of eggs a week decreases your risk of diabetes. And it's something to do with the diet there as well. Like, do you see what I mean? So yeah, people who yeah. eat eggs in Finland, is it because they have more money, more health conscious? Who knows? But it's absolutely crazy when you look at the science sometimes. And that's why I also caution against, although everyone's like evidence-based, evidence-based. Mm -hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I believe to a degree, yeah. 
but also understand how to interpret evidence and, and good evidence. Well, that's, that, that is the difference, isn't it? And, and don't get me wrong, like, yes, of course, it makes sense to be evidence-based if there is evidence there. But at the same time, you, I think you still need to maintain a bit of an open mind. Yeah. And you, like a crit- you say... A critical mind more than yeah, anything. Yeah, critical and mind. Go, and, and well, let's see the quality of that study. And, you yeah, know. exactly, exactly. And, and be able to... But also be able to get that information across to somebody with a bit of context. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, so it makes a little bit more sense and it's going to help that person a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? And and I think, you know, everyone... A lot of people jump on their bandwagons and they get on their high horse. And, you know, I, I think a big thing... That, that I've learned over the years is it's not necessarily that you learn how to do things, but you also learn how not to do things or how you don't want to do things, yes. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's easy to. You're a bit of Harry Enfield. You don't want to do it like that. You don't, you don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do it like that. You don't want to do that. You get caught up. And I think, you know, I know I keep mentioning it, but when we did our RKC kettlebell certification, when we first came back, I think initially we were almost trying to mimic. Pavel's approach a little bit and be a little bit hardcore because it was like, well, yeah, you know, this is how you do it. But we, you know, we soon nipped that in the bud because we were like, this isn't us. No. This isn't how we do things. And um, same goes with nutrition, you know, off the back of Charles Poliquin. And, you know, he was kind of on that paleo train. And so, so were we. It's was, just, this is how you must though. do this. He wasn't. He's was on the paleo. Oh, yeah, paleo, yeah. <laughs> Souls. The diet I like, he has such a weird accent. We mentioned this before, haven't we? Yeah, we yeah. say, like, devlet. Devlet. You need your biceps to be devlet. And then devlet your biceps. I was like, to be what? Oh, to, develop. To, to who? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and we came back and it was like, oh, yeah, you, you mustn't eat white potatoes. You must only eat sweet potatoes <laughs> yeah. and all of that. Like, now, you know, like, we look back and like, oh, my God. But at the time, you know, you kind of, we bought into the hype. He used to say, and, do you remember, earn your carbs. So I did a lot of, we used to do it on body fat. That was what we were being trained yeah. on. So you would assess a client's body fat, especially their muffin top and um, back, fat, back fat. And then basically you'd be like, he gave you a certain measurement to say if they were allowed carbs. Wow. <laughs> I actually came back and said this stuff. Cool. So like, you're right in that I... Gold. <laughs> I do now, I do face hey, calm. But it was part of your journey. Yeah, it was it part was. of your journey. It was where you were at the time. This is what it's all about. Like, it's okay to say, do you know what? I had that wrong. You know, and we've evolved to that. It's okay. That's what it's all about. Like, God, if you're working with anyone who's still preaching the same thing from like 10 years ago, it's then like... you want to worry. You want to worry because, yeah, yeah. you know, th- there's always new stuff coming out. You're always learning. You're always evolving. What I see is, and I'm really pleased that we're not like that, you know, and we, we never have been. And we mentioned this on the last episode in terms of almost people just pointing the finger like, you're wrong, you're wrong. This is approach. You're an idiot for saying that. And... You know, someone who's quite well known in our industry, very, very knowledgeable, kind of like got a bit of a reputation really for just kind of calling people out on their approach and how they do things. And and like we said, it's not really our style. We're like, "Mm, there's ways of doing things. Did you need to do it like that? Did you need to go to the extremes that you did? That's not for us. And it it put me off them, you know, and and as a result, I I stopped following them because I was like, I just don't like that. Doesn't sit well with yeah, it just doesn't sit well with me. You can almost we say this. You can identify sometimes professionals by who they're following because they they start to mimic. Yeah, the but, but this is what I was going to say. And then what I would start to see is people who have learnt from that person almost going out of their way to pick fights with people who have maybe posted something up on Facebook or Instagram saying something that you know is a bit out there or isn't necessarily accurate. 
you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But again, it's ways of doing things. But they were like instant arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to talk to this person like shit. I'm going to try and belittle them and not be very patronising. Keyboard warrior. And then they almost wonder why the people come back a bit on the defensive. Or ignore them. Yeah. Or, or, delete, or, 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 or delete them. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... But then I was a bit like, but then what would be funny is when this person was coming back with some stuff and almost questioning them, rather than continue to fight the battle that they picked, they'd then start tagging this person that they've learned from and be like, oh, you know, what do you think of this? Yeah, yeah. Here's my big brother. And I really felt like commenting and saying, well, no, no, you started it. Yeah. Finish it. You're, you're the big man. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you've decided to go at that person because of what they've said. Don't now that you've run out of ammo... Yeah. You know, be yeah. like, oh, well, hold on, let me let me get I'm going the to tag in the person that let, taught me. Let me I don't get, know, I don't know yeah. the concept myself. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it used to really bug me because I just thought, again, like I say, yes, you have a responsibility to to put good information out there. You have a responsibility to potentially help someone see a different point of view. Yeah, but you also need to understand that you once didn't know the shit that you know right now. And that's why it really bugs me. Like people get in their high horse, like they're this expert and it's always been that way. Yeah, They've yeah. always known that stuff. Yeah, it's just yeah. how it's always been. No, like, you know, the stuff I used to do training wise, I don't do anymore. Yeah. You know, the stuff I know now, I didn't know 10 years ago, nutrition, exercise, <laughs> lifestyle. Imagine if you told me about one of your first workouts you devised when you were about 15 or 16 was in the local leisure center and you should do like 50 reps on every machine oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was my structure. Imagine if you were still doing that. It was three sets of 15 on every machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the order that the machines were, I used to just do the loop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but they were like here he is. You must look like Mr. Bean. Just going there. three hours later, still going. He <laughs> comes finished. in every day, does fifteen reps on every. Do machine. you know what the worst one for me once was? One year, <laughs> and it was on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and Christmas Eve they were on Christmas hours, so they closed a bit earlier, and I didn't realise until I got to the gym. <laughs> and I'm going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I vividly remember it. It's hilarious, isn't it? You remember these things? <laughs> I was. I was on the third from last machine. Yeah, it was a pec deck. You pec deck? <laughs> yeah. And I'm on it. And this woman come round. She went. We're closing now. And I went. Can I just finish my last? Reps. My last. My last few. She was like, No, we're we're closing now. And I was like, Well, can I at least finish? this set she, oh. she was like no like you know we are closing but I was always talking to her whilst doing it I was like I'm going to finish this set you know on the pec deck keep, keep discussing it <laughs> yeah are you sure I can't do an upset but five four three yeah it, it was infuriating to me I mean I was like I was on the third from last I only had two more machines to finish my my round but you know I had to go I couldn't I couldn't stay there any longer she weren't having it she she couldn't oh, she couldn't amazing. feel my pain she was like I've got a, I've got a glass of wine waiting for me when I get home hurry up <laughs> <laughs> whereas now I look back like well it was Christmas Eve yeah, but at the yeah. time I was pissed <laughs> <laughs> not literally I, just, I, yeah, yeah not literally I weren't happy I weren't happy but anyway um, so you've evolved since then but yeah I've evolved so I certainly wouldn't look at something that I don't know a, a newish personal trainer has put up and go yeah, what are you doing and you idiot this is irresponsible you know who does this do you know what I mean yeah, because yeah. it's like well, I feel bad because I said at the very beginning I, I, I do sometimes do that not necessarily from the, the professionals but more about the people who are not qualified or I'm like yeah, why are you doing but that but then I, like I said I was there experimenting exactly. and, and like but that. we're good at playing devil's advocate with each other and when we were talking about this the other day you know and we were saying how you know 
sometimes people maybe aren't using their influence to the best of their ability. The same kind of goes for those that are new to the industry. Like we we can't critique them as such no. because we've been there. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think sometimes we, other people as well, need a bit of a reminder of that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, hang on a minute. No, you can't say that because you know what? You used to do some dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just an FYI. Yeah. You know, and, and that's... And it's almost like a filtering process, I suppose. But every profession has this. It's like you apply what you've learned and you apply it, apply it quite broadly, thinking it might it's going to fix most people. But then you drop off the things that are just having absolutely no application or relevance, you know, or you start to hone in on what you see to be most important to most cases yeah. that you're coming across. This is definitely how I've worked from a supplement perspective. I, get, I think everyone's very distracted with the sexy stuff like the nootropics. And I'm like, there's way more things you want to tick off first. Are you covered for micronutrients? Yeah. Your macros in order, you know, and, and that like that's kind of the process that I've come back to with it. And same thing, like we're talking about... Um, you know, does somebody need, for example, hormone therapy or does someone just need a, you know, consistent sleep? Like, which one yeah. is it that they actually need in this instance? And you start to focus back on the, the really simple, cheap, basic, obvious essentials that nobody is really yeah, considering yeah. because it's much more, as I said, just, just sexy to think about taking a pill or a, a potion yeah, of, of some sort, which, you know, we've kind of um, mentioned um, before, but I only know that through but we, going down all those little rabbit yeah. holes myself and, and As I say, we, we, we've it. bought into that, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, like, gosh, some of the supplements I've bought in the past when I was, you know, in my teens because of how the guy looked on the front of the bottle. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. I'll have abs like that if yeah. I take this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's all, you know, like, you know, like creatine it's like well i'll choose that creatine over that creatine because of the because of the physique of the guy on the bottle that alone that would, would i don't, I don't i'm not going to read anything else it's just creatine and he looks good but then interesting you showed me a post of someone on social media recently going anyone who's on social media that's always that is ripped and defined is blatantly on the juice so on steroids or some kind of growth hormone or something eating a bodybuilding diet and starving and tra- themselves tracks their calories and tracks and- their calories like um don't believe yeah. anything they say and I, I thought well that's also a shame because i could list several people with amazing physiques of you know who aren't, who, who aren't yeah. and, and are very much you know even look at um when we went and trained with brooks cubic yeah so he is a strong man um he's a strong man mainly mm-hmm. doesn't he over in the states and he came over to, to london we did a course with him one thing i would say is i, I loved his approach to yeah. nutrition and i thought I, he was so incredibly respectful of me as a woman as well yeah. and i know that sounds like a, a unusual thing to say but there were some courses i went on where people would be immediately drawn to you when they would speak to us and I would just be kind of like this invisible person. And there was some I went on where I really felt I was treated equally and, you know, people went out their way to also adapt some of the advice towards a woman who mm. would not be as strong as a man. Like, let's get that straight. Like, as yeah. much as you might want to ignore gender identity in certain aspects, we generally have half the strength of a man. So the things, there were things I struggled with Sometimes. and I was like, how, yeah, how, how would I, I can't even do that. How would I do this? And, and they would go out their way to help me and, and, and show me. And, and you could kind of get this vibe of this just massive respect. And I definitely got that from him. Yeah, he was but great. we sat down and had some long chats about nutrition and how, again, the nutrition world was getting carried away with like 
goji berries, spirulina, chlorella, mm. all this kind of stuff. And he was like, we're just forgetting about humble herbs and yeah. humble, you know, the humble fruits on our doorstep and foraging. And, and yeah, again, he was, he was just that, a whole he? foods diet. He was like, he's kind of steak and eggs guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, training in his garage. But again, the way that, because he's done this throughout his life and was just really passionate about his, his is all dumbbell lifting and yeah. stuff. I remember just thinking, you know, I, I just really enjoyed learning from him because his intention and he should be way more successful than he probably is given his knowledge and experience but he's not interested no, in that no it was just all. pure passion he just loved it writing was, books it was what he it was just what he did never gave up his full time job did no. he at all and that, that in a way like going back to what we were saying earlier like that was so admirable Refreshing. like yeah, yeah. you know seeing someone who was just so passionate about training and he used to just like you know write books on it but never saw it as a career it was just Dinosaur it, training. Yeah, dinosaur it. training was yeah. uh, was his book. I'd definitely get it if you're into your, your training. You know, have a read of that for sure. And his other one is grey head. I can't remember what it was. Grey head. I got it from my dad. Again, but you were talking about training in late, like, doing stronger yeah, yeah. training as you get to your fifties. Gosh, I don't know how old Brooks Cubit would be now. You just remind me, like I haven't heard from him for a while. I'm going to reach out to him. I've saw him recently great, great because a strong on, man um, just recently passed away, and he oh, popped no. on my newsfeed because lots of people we know paying, commented paying on, it, on it. Yeah, I think what's important is just to remind ourselves that we're we're all on a journey and we're all at different stages of our journey and you know we should always be looking to learn more always maintain an open mind to to everything you know don't buy into the hype sometimes don't let don't be so easily influenced i think in in terms of letting other people you know change where your head's at and yeah you should question things but don't just believe that somebody's right just because of who they are I remember what I was going to say. So what I was going to say this, I'm going to give this example, yeah? So we, we talk about this with comedians, don't we? And we say that when comedians deliver a joke or deliver a, a story, you could take two different comedians and they could tell the exact same story word for word, but how they deliver it could completely change how funny it is oh, yeah, definitely. in terms of even their accent. You know, is their accent? Like we we always joke and say Irish comedians are just another level, just more funny because of their action accent alone. It just not. I'm not saying they got a funny accent, yeah, but yeah. there's just something about the way the Irish tell a story type thing. And, yeah, and yeah. but it's how they deliver it, their body language. You know how they focus on certain bits that make it really, really funny. And I think it's the same thing with us in terms of the people that we're drawn to. The people that we trust and we believe in are the people that we can relate to the most. And yeah. we, we like how they delivered that information to you'll, us. You'll probably find the podcast listeners that are still on after an hour and 19 minutes yeah, are, are exactly the same. So yeah. there's obviously a way that we speak that resonates with them. But we're all that the means same. that they like to learn in the style of two people chatting is helping them to yeah. grow their knowledge base or maybe give them an element of you know, kind of um, motivation or relief yeah. or, you know, relief from guilt, maybe, whatever yeah, it yeah. might be, and a sense of, like, direction. You kind of find, you know, people are drawn to people yeah. of that nature. So you're right, in terms of our delivery, we'll obviously attract a certain audience and it won't be everybody. Not everyone. Tea, and, you know? and that's the reality, that it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, isn't it, how, you know, there are certain comedians that we find hilarious. I'm talking, like, crying, stomach hurting. And we're in conversation, we'll be like, oh, you know, have you seen so-and-so? And they're like, oh, I can't stand him. Yeah, And yeah. you're like, oh, and you're almost, like, 
Really? How? Why? And it, but at the same time, not it's a bad thing because it's. See if you can remember this line because you you uh, you will have to watch comedy together and then you'll repeat a line that made us absolutely crack up and you'll repeat it later on the next day. But do you remember watching Kevin Bridges and he's talking about basically how tight people can be? Yeah. And when the bus fare goes up. And he does this in a Glaswegian accent. And he says, a guy gets onto the bus and he's like, the bus fare's gone up by 20p. And he replies, like, Don't they want to buy the fucking bus? <laughs> <laughs> but again, amazing. But it was the way he said it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know that it would have been funny if someone had just gone, I don't want to buy the bus. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, it's like it was the whole Scottish, oh, I yeah. don't know, like, oh, yeah. Good old, and every like, now and then we'll be bridges. out and someone will say something, you, you will say that sentence and we'll just be, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, good old Kevin Bridges. But yeah, I think you know, for us, like our approach over the years, yeah, we have taken we have taken bits and bobs from different people, <laughs> and we relate to different people in the same way that everybody does. And as a result, the information that they're putting out there maybe has a b- bigger impact on you because you like how they're delivering it. You can see that they they truly believe in it themselves. They walk the walk, and I think you know, like. Continue to learn, keep an open mind, but have a bit of confidence in the decisions that you make. Don't be too easily swayed by what other people are saying or other people are doing. And you know what? Like, just don't get caught up in the negativity of it all. You know, if people are kind of like slagging other people off for one reason or another, just know that that's their opinion. Try not to do what I try to do is when I see it kicking off, there's such a temptation because it's just a you know like primal nosiness mm. i think to click on the comments and start reading it and then before yeah. you know it 20 minutes of your life's gone and you could have been doing something else like watching last tango in halifax yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that was, that was what you were on you would laugh because i was watching that last night my dad rang up and he went what are you doing i said i'm watching last tango in halifax halifax and he goes why he goes no he goes Kieran L. We were laughing about that the other day. That used to be your swear word at school. Best, best swear K- word at school because. Kieran L. Because they can't tell you off for no. actually swearing. I don't swear in my class. I didn't swear, miss. <laughs> tell me when I swear. Tell me when I swore. You didn't actually say the word, but you knew what I meant. <laughs> um, Is that a rap to think? Yeah, I guess, I guess it should be. I think we've spoken for long enough. Don't you? Yep. Cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Um, I hope you've come away with uh, something from that. Um, some bits and bobs. Some bits and bobs. Got some bits That's and what bobs. it's all about. Um, but as always, any questions, guys, please, please uh, get in touch. Social media, Fit of Food across all channels or hit us up at info at fitoffood.com. We will help you out in any which way we can. In the meantime, though, share away, subscribe. And if you haven't left a review... Do, do us a favour. Please do. Apparently it helps people to find the podcast. Does it? Yeah. Mm. Well, it certainly helps us. We like it. It makes yeah. us feel good. Well, obviously, if it's a good one, the negative ones, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a few, but hey-ho. One about laughing, so you shouldn't have laughed then. I know, yeah. Stop laughing on yeah. your podcast. All Don't right. like it. But again, it's that classic thing, you know, it's... Uh, not everyone's cup of tea. You know, exactly. We're all different. What one person likes, the other one doesn't, etc., etc. But ultimately, you've got to make that decision, haven't you? You know, nobody else. Don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> Big love, guys, and we'll see you in episode 162. Bye. See ya.